This is exactly right. All right, let's do this. Scott, are you ready? Oh, I am very ready. Let's get into it. Here it is. Two thighs, self-operations, and 78 spoons in your tum-tum inside the wild world of experimental surgery. The wild world of experimental surgery. Yeah, it all checks out. I'm calling it. This is bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I'm Kurt Brownoller. I'm Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. We are so glad to have you listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. When Kurt and I started this podcast, we wanted to use this platform to, to give emerging talent some place where they could find a larger audience to introduce the world <laughs> to new comedians and actors, authors, and scientists. And And I feel like we've done a pretty good job of that. And today, it's just a continuation of that theme. Our guest today, folks, is not only an Academy Award winning actor, having appeared in dozens of films with over 100 award nominations. Give me a break. She's also whip smart, very kind, and damn funny. Please welcome Charlize Theron. Welcome. Welcome to Bananas. Wow, that was a beautiful introduction. I don't know if I'm worthy. Thank you. Oh, come on. You are. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. The sun is shining. That's all good. Life is good, right? Yeah, yeah. I have. I do have to tell. So, uh, the last time I saw you um, was at a wonderful party that you threw. Fun. Um, and it happened to be. This is just the type of person Shelley's is. It happened to be your friend's birthday around okay. the same time when you were planning on having a party. So you made it a, a party for her, and you can jump in here at any point. But I heard rumblings at the mm. party mm. that Michael Bolton was going to p- perform. And I was like, <laughs> really? what is really, is Shelly's like a huge Michael Bolton fan? Who isn't? And then all of a sudden, and then I find out that it's your friend Ashley is like the biggest Michael Bolton fan. Obsessed. Yeah, obsessed. <laughs> and she yeah. tried to get tickets to see him in Vegas. No, no, she had. She has oh. tickets. Like she buys them a year in advance. Like as soon as he announces where he's playing, she and her husband John buys tickets. And they stand in line. Like they're yeah. real fans. So when I reached out to him, it was like you've like you have an opportunity to meet two of your biggest fans here. <laughs> like, <'cause laughs> I turned like, no, it around you. on him. No, yeah, I you. turned it around on him. But yeah, they. Uh, she, I, li- I just talked to her this morning, and she's like, "Do you know that I think about that all the time?" <laughs> oh, that's sweet. <laughs> I, I think about him singing to me all the time. <laughs> I believe it because it was like it were just it, it, there wasn't a stage or anything. We're just at a party, and yeah, then in the backyard. middle, in the backyard, and then That's in the cool. middle of people, all of a sudden, this like slight elven man appears out of nowhere. There was not much fanfare, and all of a sudden, it just goes into when a man loves a woman. And at and first, squealing like just squealing, like, <laughs> like a fifteen-year-old, and then she was just like 
I was at first there was like I think people were like kind of laughing and like oh my god that's so funny Michael Bolton's here and yeah. then it quickly turned to everyone just being like he, it's a voice of an angel of a fucking yeah. angel he is amazing he I when I asked him when I approached him it was really just like one of those like dude this is such a favor yeah. like I totally would like I know I owe you one back like my yes. friend is turning 40 mm-hmm. this would mean so much to her I really thought he was just gonna like come and do a favor yeah he was like he showed up at five did a sound check like oh. did a sound check walked it with his microphone like I didn't even think he was gonna have a microphone he set the whole thing up I mean, it felt like we were, it was like a professional show. Oh, yeah. Right? I know. He's amazing. I'm so grateful to him. Honestly, that like, class act. Class, class act. And you look over and I just remember seeing Ashley just tears pouring down her face like the best and it made me it made me love ashley it made me love michael bolton it made me love you like it was just such an amazing moment i wanted to thank you for that one of my favorite moments was uh john levine the director that we worked with Mm -hmm. on long shot he was literally just jumping like his little (laughs) up and down he kept screaming get it Get it, get it, get it, Michael, get it. <laughs> Just chasing those notes all the way to the top. You got to cheer on Michael exactly. Bolton. Jeez. It was a fun party, though. We were gambling. We brought, we was like a Vegas. We like, it was like a Vegas theme. We had Michael Bolton and we had gambling. <laughs> it was perfect. I played craps with Michael Bolton for a very long time. He's he stayed. He stayed and like hung out. And that was like the amazing. Shots. Like I was like, oh my god, I'm doing shots with Michael Bolton. Like, <laughs> That's <laughs> fun. That's yeah. like all time. That's who you want to do shots with. You're like, all right, Michael Bolton, one for one. Let's go the whole <laughs> night through. Exactly. He's the best. He's the best. I was in Mexico once, just uh, visiting friends, and the person that picked Kurt. Did I talk about this on the pod already? Uh, from the so. airport, I get in a taxi, and they're like, "Oh, you're going to that resort?" I was like, "Yes, I am." And the guy just slides a CD into the CD player, and it's Michael Bolton. First song, it's "How Can We Be Lovers?" And so I was like, "All right, I guess they think all Americans like Michael <laughs> Bolton." So I go, I stay there for a week or whatever. I get a different taxi. It picks me up at the resort to the airport. My friend, get in. The guy's like, "Hey." back home I'm like yep put the cd in michael bolton i'm like i think these mexican taxi drivers are just like go michael bolton for the americans there's a reason he's as big as he is Huge. yes um so this first story i i had because i know i'm aware that you have a, a somewhat of a fascination with surgery is that correct is that weird is that of me true? to say no, no, like I love like any of those networks like TLC sometimes have like live operations where you can like watch the whole thing. And, yes. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Uh, it, it's my mom and I both have this fascination with surgeries and just anatomy, I guess, like sure. in general, like yeah. we want to see what it looks like. <laughs> and uh, so it's, it's like even a little weirder, like it's like a mother daughter duo sitting on a couch watching live operations <laughs> and we're like. We're just like, like just very still, and we're just like, dude, check that out. That's like, what is that? Is that the kneecap? What is that? Are they going to take that out or put that back in? Shit, look at that. He's just going to fucking drill right through that, huh? Oh, God. oh God, there he goes. He's drilling right through the kneecap. It's just yeah. us giving quiet commentary. 
That's the best because it's not like sports. It's a very, it's a very quiet. You have to be quiet because yeah, it's a delicate know, surgery. Yeah, yeah, don't want to be too loud. You might wake them, wake them up. Wake them up. <laughs> that scalpel might slip. I know. Um, Mom had massive knee surgery, and I begged the doctor. I was like, I was like, please let me watch. And he was like, that is unethical, and you cannot do that. And I was like, I'll give you a hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Does that price, change sir. your mind? I know. And then he did. A, she had shoulder shoulder surgery as well, and I was like, come on. And he was like, you have to stop asking me. <laughs> At some point, he just thinks you're injuring your mom to hang out and watch surgery. I know. And then I had, I had a fusion done uh, in my neck. Um, I had a really bad herniated disc in my neck and I, I had a fusion done through the front. They go through the front of your neck and the surgeon recorded the whole thing on this little, I guess they all do now with Mm -hmm. this little camera um, on his goggles or whatever the hell. It's a GoPro. He just his GoPros it up. Yeah. (laughs) Just a GoPro forehead. Um, and he, he gave it to me and it's like one of my prized possessions. Like I saw my spinal cord, like go through the front to kind of avoid, but you see the spinal cord and they kind of like move the spinal cord to the side and you Mm -hmm. see him bone off. And then he puts this like metal jaw thing in there. And I was like, I was like, dude, do you understand? Like, this is the best gift that you can give me. Like, this wow. is, I will cherish this more than my child, my child's like photo albums. Like, this <laughs> is so special. Oh my yeah, God. Wow. When I was a kid, I was playing at a friend's house. We were playing with a pellet gun and we were shooting it. And I was handing the little pellet rifle to my friend and he pulled the trigger and it shot me in my index finger and I lied and told my parents that I had smashed it between fence posts. And then it healed for like two weeks. It healed and I was uh, at a sports practice two weeks later and somebody hit me in the hand and it was like blinding pain and I dropped to the ground. I'm crying. I'm like probably like eight, nine, ten years old. And finally, I, my mom's watching Frasier and I walk into her bedroom and I'm like, I lied I got shot in the finger. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so we go to the hospital. We get an x-ray to see if it's still in there. And it's still there's still the pellet right in my index finger. So they sent me to a plastic surgeon. And because they were like, we're going to have to cut this sucker out. And it was really brutal. But when they fo- the guy cuts it open and then he pulls it out. And then he, my dad's standing there with me and he goes, I've always wanted to do this. Do you mind if I leave the room and get a metal tray? Because I want to drop it like a Civil War bullet to hear the ting. <laughs> and I'm like, like, I'm like clenched up so tight, like my jaws almost like cracking my teeth or something. Like, oh. And my dad's like, yeah, sure. And so the doctor leaves the room, comes and gets a tray, and he just goes, plunk. And he's like, God, I always wanted to do that. That's I admire him. He lived his dream. He really How did. How were you when this happened? Nine, I think. Nine or ten. I was a little was- guy. So lucky that it was your finger and not like your leg or something. Yeah, oh, my face. Oh, I yeah. I did it. I did it to my leg with the same thing with a with a BB gun, and I was trying to do, I was trying to do the thing. It was right after Terminator Two came out. Cool movie. And that thing where he like cocks the gun by like swinging it around, <laughs> and so I like pumped it. I loaded it, pumped it up, 
and then was like, this is how you do it. And I swung it around and then it shot into my leg mm. and it's still there. And I never got it taken out. Last week or? This was last week. <laughs> I just love Terminator 2. I've been yeah. watching a lot of tape. How, how old were you when that happened? 11 or 12. Oh my God, that's gnarly. Yeah. Wow. Prime shooting age for American boys. Prime, Prime shooting, shooting age. age. Sadly. Um, yeah, especially with a, what is that? A 22 is a BB, right? Is that That's kind of the same thing. It's thank God it's not know. the same thing. A twenty-two, oh, okay. yeah, we would be in deep shit if it was a twenty-two. I would be like, I'll give you my top nine reasons you're on this podcast, Charlize. <laughs> okay. I, I, um, all right, Curtis um, B, hit us with that story, homeboy. All right, here you go. First off, this is the first strange surgery that we're, he, we got mm. in nineteen twenty-one. Evan O'Neill Kane of. Kane, Pennsylvania, uh, spelt exactly the same, so I don't know if he's named after the town, uh, wanted to prove that ether, the primary general anesthetic at the time, was being used far too often when less dangerous local anesthetics could be substituted. As his test case, the good doctor used himself, Mm. removing his own appendix, using only local anesthetic by propping himself up on the operating room table. Mm. Uh, He had three, and he used a mirror over his abdomen with three other doctors in the operating room as backup came wow. with a large incision needed to remove the appendix and his assistant sutured him up. Wow. The doctor recovered nicely then in 1932 at age 70 Dr. Per- Dr. Kane performed an even more complicated surgery on <laughs> okay. himself to repair an ingual hernia. At that point he's just got a taste for it. Yeah. He's just digging it. <laughs> he saw himself in the mirror nude. He goes, "You know what? Something needs to happen here." <laughs> <laughs> Because of the close proximity to the femoral artery, it was a particularly delicate operation. Kane performed it in just under two hours. Reportedly, he was relaxed and joking, even as he sutured within millimeters of the important blood vessels. That's cool. Uh, Very cool. When you, when you say local, like like a lidocaine, you just use like a normal lidocaine, you think? I, I think you can do it. Like, unless it's, you just can't feel it. Like, you, if you can feel it, it's a whole different story. If you didn't yeah. use it. A lidocaine that that would be impressive. Yeah, he's not impressed. <laughs> Up until yeah, anything else? Screw this not guy. Not impressed. Turkey. All right, we're gonna just keep a list of what it Charlize is impressed by. <laughs> I I have uh, yeah. I mean, I was lucky enough. I got to spend like a week with um with some doctors uh, from um it was like a Doctors Without Borders, and they were yeah, in, that's cool. Like, Central Africa. We were in car and um. You know, they don't have, it's crazy. I didn't know this. When you're, if you're a surgeon in France, yes. it's 60, you have to retire. You have to. You oh. have to retire. No, this was, I, this was 10 years ago when I went. Okay. Most of the surgeons that works for Medicine Sans France, they're all, you know, 63, 62. Yeah. They're in the prime of their ability yeah. as surgeons. And, and wisdom, then, and, yeah. And then France goes, fuck you, you're done. <laughs> I'm like, what? Like, I would want the older guy who's yeah. done yeah. it a million times to do it on me. Yes. So anyway, they they do they do gnarly surgeries like amputations and things like yeah. that with like a little bit of um, ketamine. I mean, it's like you can't anesthesia is too expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of just lidocaine and um, and, and K special K not special K. <laughs> <laughs> sure. We'll never know. We'll never, we'll never know. know. So, I know. I want an old doctor. I want an old surgeon. Yeah. Isn't that so fucked up? I was yeah. like, I'm always suspicious of like a young doctor. I'm always a little bit like, I'm, I'm like, how many times have you done this? Like, yeah. I'm, 
sure. not a bitch like that. But maybe <laughs> like, oh, I'm yeah. like, well, what's your credentials? How yeah. many times have you done this? Like, How many yeah. thousands of times have you done it? That's what I want. I want fourth. I want to be the 4,000. That's what I chose the guy to do my vasectomy. I think he was technically dead. He was already dead. I want he that. was That's so I want. old. Yes. I want yeah. that guy. He's that got I nothing to lose. He's going to give you everything he's got. This might be the last the surgery. <laughs> I love it. I, I love it. And if, if he died during it, I'd still be like, I wanted to go with that guy. That's the guy I wanted to go with. Yeah. And that's for everything in life. If an 18 year old comes over to tune your piano, you're like, get the fuck out of here, man. Send the old guy. <laughs> but like 60 is not old. Not at right? all. No. Shocking. Like, I mean, 60 is like, you're still a baby. Yes. Like, it's crazy to me when I heard that. I never knew that. What did they let you check out what they were up to? Were you in the tent checking out the action or were you just supporting oh, I saw in it? everything. No, oh. I saw like I saw like 80 surgeries over wow. five days. Oh my God, that's a ton. Whoa. Yeah, they were really, really amazing. I mean, you know, the work they do is incredible and um it, it's I'm so listen I have such a fascination with it so for yeah. me it was such a gift I was so grateful that they yeah. were allowing me to go into the surgery room and just to kind of see that the, it's just I mean to amputate a leg the amount of blood vessels that you have to take imagine. care of before you can take that leg off I just I mean that was like amazing I was like no how many people are going to be able to see that and the sound of the leg hitting the drum when they take it finally take it off oh it was like really, yeah, I felt very lucky. Profound, I'm, yeah. I'm good with adults. I realized I'm not good with kids. Right. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. The kids sense. came in, I had a really, really hard time. Like I had to actually leave the room. I was like, I don't think I could do any mm-hmm. surgeries. But like, if you're like 18 plus, I can totally cut you up. <laughs> yeah, whatever happens, happens. Close yeah. your eyes and start cutting. I'm not even lidocaine, like like a half an Advil. Yeah, Let's go. a Michelob Ultra. Get in there. Put that doctor in his place, Mister <laughs> Philadelphia, whatever. His name I remember the the last time, like the, one of the first times as an adult, I had a surgery. I just had like a minor surgery to remove a cyst, but right after the surgery, I'd like mm-hmm. finished up. It was inpatient, outpatient. And I was going to meet, it was like in the 90s in New York, I was going to meet this guy who had seen me do improv and he had given me a card and it said, I can't remember his last name, his first name was Sandy and it just said agent and a phone number and that was it. And I was like, I got got a meeting with an agent and I'm very excited. And so I- I go down, and it's in one of the old World Trade Tower uh, buildings. The Twin Towers? Yeah. Wow. And uh, so I go up to like, it was in like the 58th floor, Mm -hmm. and I walk into this very small waiting room, and it is covered in children's headshots. (laughs) Like, all over the walls is just children's (laughs) headshots. It's amazing. And I'm like, is Sandy here? And the woman who's working there just goes, Sandy? And I'm like, yeah, Sandy? She goes, Sandy! (laughs) (laughs) And then Sandy comes out. He's like, oh, a client. Uh, This is a client of mine. This is a client of mine. Uh, And then and he's like, excuse me, uh, Gerald, is it okay if I use the other office? And he's like, whatever, Sandy. Like, everybody hated Sandy. (laughs) And so then we go across the hall and go into this other office. And it is completely empty there is nothing in it it's shag carpeting and then he's like shall we and i was like shall we what sandy and then we sit down on the floor oh boy good start (laughs) he like takes my resume and like starts like giving me advice on what to do 
Nice. He sent me out on my, fir- uh, my first uh, commercial audition, where when I got there, he was also there auditioning against me, <laughs> but he was in a full costume. <laughs> like it was an audition to be like a roadie. And he was like dressed up like a roadie with rolls of tape that he had taped to his pants. It was like the craziest. And I worked with him for like four full years. I t- <laughs> He got you the audition, bud. He got, he got you me the that room. sweet audition. Was he a doctor? I missed that part. No, he was. He, he was oh. an agent. He was an oh, agent. I thought. I thought <laughs> he was a doctor. This whole time you were telling the story, and no, I was. I, I went there I after my surgery. With a head sheet, like headshot, yeah. like kids. No, this was my first was agent. Doctor. Oh, okay, okay, got it, got it. This whole time I was like sketchy doctor. <laughs> I dabble in a little representation. Sure. It's like scout, you know, talent scout on the weekends. Like, no big deal. No, I just specifically remember because it was like I still had like the patch over my neck when I like went to meet him. So I wasn't doing too good either. You know, we we really we were a perfect match. Oh, that's so good. All right. I got one for y'all. Yeah. Give us a story, Scotty. Charlie is one of my favorite things when we get we get tons and tons and tons of stories sent in by the bananas. I like. The Rube Goldberg ones, I like when a chain of events is set off by something small. This one, I've been saving for a little bit. Sent in by Jackie Priestley. Thank you, Jackie Priestley. Kurt, this was on one of your favorite websites. Oh, uh, which one? Japantoday.com. Are you kidding me? I have a tattoo of Japantoday.com across my back. (laughs) I know. That's why I always swim a little bit behind you. Two men (laughs) hit by woman falling out a window who was looking at another man. Who had just fallen off a rooftop? No. So, this was in the. Uh, this took place in Japan. Shockingly, in the vicinity of a single building in downtown Yokohama, suddenly, it became a danger zone when a bizarre chain of reaction falls left four people injured. The incident began shortly after 4 p.m. on Friday when police received a call that a man in his 40s or 50s had fallen from the rooftop of a five-story building. In addition to the height, the man had also reportedly fallen between a very narrow gap between his building and the neighboring building. Here's where it gets very fun. After the initial fall, a woman in her 40s looked out the window on the third floor of the same building to see what had happened. However, in doing so, she lost her balance and also fell out the window. No, no. <laughs> At the same time, <laughs> another man in the building was looking through a window on the second floor to see what had happened. And the women who had fallen from the third floor hit the man in his head while he was looking out the second floor window. She then fell and landed on another man. <laughs> This is a true story. I looked it up. I verified it on many other websites. She fell and hit another man, also in his 30s, who was standing on the ground. Miraculously, everyone is expected to survive and only receive minor injuries, except for the first fallen man who is being treated for a bone fracture. Since everyone is conscious and in stable condition, police are currently trying to unravel how all of this happened. But local restaurants posted on a local news site, quote, that's one hell of an accident. I'm glad everyone is okay. It makes me wonder if there's something wrong with the building. Was this a cartoon? And finally, I get that the other two men broke the woman's fall, but how in the hell did that first guy survive? Judging by the footage of the area, there appears to be a lot of things like vents, wires that might have slowed the first man's falls, but details are still sketchy. It's uh, Oh, it also serves as a reminder to all of us to be very careful in high places. Sure. Not I only for your that. own That's safety, t- <laughs> but for the well-being of others. That's Japan Today just letting us know, be careful. Be careful in general. <laughs> oh. 
my is God. insane. Wow. Beautiful. The timing, like if you had to like time that to You'd never make it. Couldn't do it. You would never you make it. Never would never be able to do that. That's so insane. Wow. It's beautiful. This is a, it sounds like a movie. Sounds These like a movie. Have, yeah, they have something. There's a, a butterfly effect here. <laughs> they say when a man falls out a window in Japan, it starts a storm in New England. Yeah. And like, what did the first guy falling off the rooftop yell that everybody rushed to the windows and was like, yes, and they couldn't control their enthusiasm. She's like, I've got to see. Wow. So damn good. Um, when I was in high school, one of my very good friends, Steve, I was like supposed to hang out with him and he canceled. And this was way before cell phones and everything. So he just, I just got stood up. I checked in on him. What's happening? Finally get the call. So his father, was a man in his 50s or 60s at the time, had gone to a dump uh, where you kind of drove your truck up and you backed it up. And then there was an empty truck bed below or whatever. Um, and you just pushed your stuff in. So I guess the time before he had gone, he saw a man that had a piece of wood, like plywood, in the back of his truck with all his stuff on it. And he just dragged the wood out and kind of in one fell swoop got rid of everything, drops in the dumpster. So my buddy's dad puts cardboard in the back, goes to the dump. He stands on the back of his truck bed. He pulls on the cardboard. The cardboard rips off. He does a full backflip, lands in the empty dumpster on oh. his feet, and breaks both of his heels. So no. he collapses. The first thing that happens is like a the guy the custodian whoever works at the dump looks down and sees him crawling around he goes hey you can't be in there and he's like i'm not I, i'm i'm injured and the guy like walks away so my friend's dad crawls and climbs out of the dumpster by himself crawls like army crawls all the way back up to his truck gets in the truck drives with his hand on the accelerator and the wheel which is no. very hard to do and then when he gets home, my friend was upstairs. He was, he was an artist. He was doing his artwork. And his dad crawls into the kitchen. And it's like, call 911. And his mother just yells, Stephen, come save your father. And he runs down. And they get the dad there. But this man, of all the odds in the world, just does a full, complete, perfect backflip and perfect lands back on flip. his feet. And if it hadn't been empty, he'd been fine. If they hadn't just emptied it out, it's just If one it of those... hadn't been a guy just been like, get out of there and walk away, he'd been yeah. better. Screw you. But these things happen. Wow. They happen in life. Yes, they do. They do. That's yeah. what makes life so exciting. You sure never is. know what's going to happen to you. I read that during a photo shoot, you got hit in the face by a camel. Is that true? Oh, God, yes. I did. I I was like 16 years old. Oh, no. The first time I ever what? left South Africa, I went to Morocco. And uh, we were doing a photo shoot. The sun was setting and I was sitting on this camel and um, we we're just kind of like the photographer wanted the camel to kind of like silhouette pass it exactly. <laughs> so they kept turning the camel around and doing, making the camel do the same thing over. And I could tell the camel was like, I'm fucking done. Mm -hmm. And uh, but nobody listened to me. 16 years old you were the and model then the, and yeah and then finally it got really dark the camel was like done and started bucking oh no it's terrifying terrifying because the camel is high oh, like yeah. i didn't even think about that i was like i can just jump up but i was like this is really high and it was pretty rocky and yeah um and i got i got like a, a hit in the face i guess his head like hit back in the face but i was just hanging on to the saddle had like a wrought iron 
handle. Like it was like welded in somebody's oh, backyard. Yeah. And I was hanging on to that and my legs were just being destroyed. Oh no. This thing up and down. It was just like metal. Like, and then I, I, I don't even remember. I guess I like passed out for a little bit and I, I woke up in like somebody's arms, like, and then it was dark and we were walking back to the van and I was like, God, my ears really oh, no. hurt. Like I was really, I was like, no, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Like going to be like cool about be it. Young right, and cool. right. Yeah. Like when the adrenaline was pumping and I was like, no, I think I'm fine. I'm fine. And as I was walking to the truck, it was like getting really dark. And I was like, God, my ears really hurt. My ears are so sore. Oh. And I got in the truck and, you know, you open the door, the van light comes on and the van light came on and apparently <laughs> My, my friend was like, oh, my God. The van light came on, and I was like, oh, oh. no. <laughs> For those at home, Charlie's just stretched her jaw completely to the side. <laughs> a horrific angle. Yeah, it's like when your face is melting like wax. Like, oh. it, like I had dislocated the bottom of my jaw completely. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. my God. With the camel's face. The camel With face the camel butted face, your jaw. Yeah. Oh. So they took me to a hospital and they they gave me like a little twilight and they reset Mm. it. And then the next morning I was back at the hotel and I yawned and I unhooked it. No, 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 no. Yeah. So I went back to the same hospital and they they didn't give me the twilight the second time around. And they just, they set it back with nothing. And that was brutal. But I still have like the x-rays and everything. And my legs were destroyed for like, I want to say six months. I had like, oh my like, god, yeah, like this. It was like you know when you're in a car accident, those kind of bruises, like yeah. my, inside of my thighs, look like yeah. But uh, it caused like long term damage. Where I eventually, <laughs> when I was like in my mid twenties, I had to mm-hmm. go in for surgery where they had to because it it had adjust, it just set where it was and it wasn't fully set back. Yeah, right. A lot of my teeth started. Mm. I had a lot of pressure in my teeth, so they had to s- saw a little bit of the bottom jaw off. And like, I had like the braces was like, all tied together for like six months, so you can't. Holy move. shit! Wow. So that I mean, that camel fucked me up good. Yeah, Dude, animals yeah. on set. I well, Scotty and I had an obsession years ago with writing animals into comedy bits. Too much. Um, uh, too much. And that when we realized that we was like no more animals was this opening of this pilot for Comedy Central that I did where the opening was me walking down a city street and like all these things were happening. Like yes. I was throwing a cigarette and it caught something on fire. A baby like let go of a balloon and car like would splash water. And then the yeah. final thing I walked up and then an alligator was lowered into my arms. Yes. And then I like held the alligator and I said yes. like, this is better, dumber, faster with Kurt Brown. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my God, that is so, what, did that take three weeks to shoot? It, we that... did it in one day. We did okay. it in one day. No where it was like all this like stuff happening you had an alligator lowered into your arms yeah yeah so we had the alligator there and i didn't realize i always thought like oh like animal people who have animals on set it's like it's super professional and everything is like totally not necessarily for a comedy it's a central. wild animal yeah. like you're missing that part it's yes. a wild animal yes and it was a wild animal and what they had done like what their plan the dude's plan who had the alligator was he had his eyes like covered so that he couldn't see. And then and then they put him on like this lift and it was on a crane and like holding hanging it over me. And then we're like, okay, we're gonna try it still with his world. eyes closed to like mm-hmm. see what happens. And the alligator came down. And it is a big alligator, it's probably yeah. like twelve feet, thirteen feet long. 
and it just came down into my Huge arms. Jacket. I'm just waiting there, like, and I'm doing my lines because we're like shooting it. Because if it works, we'll use it. Total pro. And so I'm like, da da like, this is better, dumber, faster with Kurt Brownler. And then an alligator comes down and just starts losing its mind. <laughs> yes. Like the tail is going like going so insane. Of course, it's terrified. It's a fucking wild animal. You're 100 percent right. And like I tried to hold on to it for a second, and I was just like, Glorious. I can't make the alligator fly away. <laughs> Why are you holding on to one of the most dangerous yeah. animals? Yeah. Was it, its mouth must have been taped. It was. Its mouth oh, was closed, but it was yeah. tail okay. and head just going like back Even and forth. Even that, like, like I don't back. trust that. It's yeah. like it's tape. It's like oh, when they do that, I'm like, guys, it's tape. <laughs> it's tape. It's, it's tape. tape. Like, let's not pretend like this is foolproof. Like, yeah. it's not. Yeah. Wow, you're brave. That's And they have like... Um, they, I mean, maybe I'm just making this up, but like, I feel like they have like sharp claws. Big time. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, Talent. Their, their little arms. But yes. They, like, scratch you. He was like, stay away from these parts. And I was like, okay. Oh, so our God. fix was we didn't lower it. We just let it go on set. We were like, well, let's just see if we happen. So we did the open again. And in the open, you just see an alligator just randomly walking wherever it wants. On like a city street, like just yeah. walking oh, along cool. a city street. And that kind of like worked pretty well. Yeah. But that was the last time we Wait, rode animals. You guys are the perfect people to ask this. Sure. I heard this, what I can, I guess is a myth, but that there are alligators in the sewers in New York. Yes. Oh, we have heard that great. too. We have heard that too. And, and there has been some proof of that, um, but we don't, they don't know where they came from. I'm going to look it up right it's now. Like as well. pets or yeah, something. People let right? them go in the, right. People let them go into the gutters when they got too big and they've been living there. I think we did talk about something like this before. And I think it is like an urban legend from the seventies, but also there probably is. I mean, New York is so, anything's possible there. There was a, um, there was a, I, I guess maybe I saw it on Instagram, but it was one of the scariest things I've ever seen. It was a toilet, a person's hotel room in, in, in Bangkok or something. And a lizard just comes right from the bottom. <laughs> what? Pops its head out. <laughs> literally pops its head out. Oh, hey. It's like the weirdest looking, weirdest looking lizard you've ever seen. Looks around, stretches its neck looks a little bit more and then turns around and goes back into the toilet. <laughs> no, no, no. Swear to God. Smell you it later. Was so funny. That's so funny. That's the funny. This, this person it just opened up the lid and thank God she saw the little head coming out before she sat, sat down. No joke. Oh, that was my like, God. but that was my, that was my biggest fear as a child that now a gremlin would pop, that would pop now, up. I don't care where body. I am. That's not my biggest fear. Well, <laughs> as I saw that, I was like, this is actually a reality. Like shit will come out of your toilet. Like not. And it's not literal shit. Yeah, like, not yeah. at all. You start praying. It was yeah. In Thailand, <laughs> they have like a separate nine one one. That is a service that if a snake comes through your toilet, they come get snakes out of toilets. It's like oh, their three one one. I love that snake toilet number. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give us this headline and tease this into a really quick break, and we'll be Okey right back. Dokey. Here it is: friendly foul-mouthed crow befriends entire Oregon elementary school before state police are called in. Okay, we love a good crow story on the pod. We'll be back with Charlize Theron and some more. Bananas. Bananas. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hey, folks, we are back with Charlize Theron. Thank you for being here again, Charlize. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, do you want to hear about this friendly foul mouth crow? Yeah, I didn't know crows could speak. I mean, there are, you're going to learn a lot. This, is, this story is the most bananas I think we've ever done on this, oh, on fun. this show. Uh, this was in Oregon Live. Uh, this, is from, uh, this is from December 10th, 2021, Ooh, written by good. Lizzie Acker. She's the, so good, Kurt. She's the best in the biz. God, she can type. A friendly, if somewhat foul-mouthed crow became a temporary mascot at the Ellendale Elementary School in November when the bird took up residence at the Grants Pass School. Yes. Quote, this crow showed up at our school just out of the blue one morning. Okay. It began looking into classrooms, Amel said, and pecking on doors. At one point, it made its way into a filth, fifth grade classroom where it, quote, helped itself to some snacks. Fun. Amel, Imel said the bird wasn't aggressive at all and seemed to love the kids. It landed on some people's heads, she said. And she added, it spoke. The bird could say, what's up? And I'm fine. And quote, a lot of swear words. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, it was like a parrot, Imel said. It was the weirdest thing. Uh, still, because it was a wild animal that wouldn't leave the school called Animal Control, uh, it was quite the production, Amel said. Animal Control came out and decided it was not their jurisdiction to catch the crow. I love that. I love it where there's like, there's not a crow in, a, in an elementary problem. school, and we're going to say, like, it's not our problem. <laughs> so then a wildlife officer from Oregon State Police came to the scene. Um, and so anyway, so I'm going to skip ahead because they try and capture it, but they don't want to use a net because it will remember if you try and use the net. Um, and the kids were just fucking loving it. Like (laughs) other classes came and it's essentially like a wildlife expert, like chasing a crow around. They finally get him outside and then the crow stays there through the night. And he's still there the next morning to hang out with the kids. Mm -hmm. Um, And so then it just jumps into this. Quote, he knows a lot of words, I'm not going to lie, said Daphne Colprone on Thursday. His vocabulary has expanded quite a bit in the last few weeks. Colprone knows a good deal about the crow, or possibly Raven, who also may be female, because her mother rescued the bird two years ago when it was a baby, bringing it to the family's farm in Williams from a shelter and naming it Cosmo. Great name. The family has dogs, including a mastiff named Tonka Truck, Colprone says. Cosmo will say, Tonka, you come outside. Or he'll say, dogs out, she said. <laughs> and then, quote, sometimes he does use profanity, Colprin added. Uh, Colprin's mom, Janiel Shattuck, considers Cosmo part of the family. He'll go to my, w- my bedroom window and say, mom, wake up, wake up. And there's wow. a daycare in the neighborhood that Colprin, uh, that the Cosmo loves to go and see. So here's what happened. Mm-hmm. They went away. The people who have this crow went away for Thanksgiving. 
and a neighbor who doesn't like the crow okay. uh, stole the crow uh, out of their backyard. Not she, cool. And she says, Cosmo is an aggressive... Um, but if pe- she said, if people are scared of Cosmo, he finds that funny and he will get obnoxious and see- says he likes to tease people, whatever that means. <laughs> so this crow is going around fucking with neighbors uh, who are scared of him. Yeah, great. So they captured him in a bag or something and then brought him to a local bird sanctuary. The bird sanctuary, not knowing that he had been habituized to humans, let him out wild. And then Cosmo, once he was out, Shattuck said, this is the part that blows my mind. Well, Shattuck said he started looking for home, causing quite the stir in town. Quote, Cosmo would sit on top of Planet Fitness talking <laughs> to people who were going in, Shattuck said. He was looking for me. After following a family friend, so Cosmo sees one of the woman's family's friends at Planet Fitness okay. and then followed the car to Allendale uh, elementary school. Quote, he went to the only kid I know in Allendale and knocked on the door. When he was in the school, he was jumping around saying, it's okay, I'm fine. And that was the fifth grade no classroom where Cosmo found snacks. Is that amazing? And that's how they got like reunited because the kid recognized the, the goddamn crow and then called the woman wow. who came and picked him up. That's an amazing story. That's like worthy of a movie. That's a right? Pixar movie. It's a Pixar movie. It's a Pixar movie. I mean, that's so... They're really smart. Yes. Really, really smart. That's amazing that he, oh, thank God for the fitness center and the lady. (laughs) That's amazing. And he found his way and he knocked on the door. That's, animals are awesome. I know. And he just came in and told a bunch of fifth graders to go fuck themselves. It's so beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, that makes me, like, I want to hang out with him. Don't you want every crow in every neighborhood to just be cussing when you you go for a jog and they're just like, shit. You're hey, like, shit, too, bud. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Your mom will never love you. <laughs> I had a, I, I rescued a, a, a dog when I was in Positano, Italy on vacation with my, my family. Oh, and he was huge. He was like great Dane Dalmatian. Mm-hmm. Mix. Beautiful. But he was huge. Like the spotted cow, black and white. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of animals that get dumped there i guess because people go on vacation and then they just they don't want to they don't have somebody to look after the pets and there's there's a lot of Whoa. dogs yeah that live. so everywhere positano is like so tiny so everywhere we went we would see this giant you couldn't miss him it was like he was ginormous but he was obviously young and he would go into these like open aired stores and he would steal whatever was soft and kind of chewy and he yes. was like yeah <laughs> Or he would just piss on stuff, like lift his leg and classic, <laughs> classic he dog stuff. Constantly, he was constantly being like beat, like you know the lady with the broom. Ah, master, master. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> down the street. And then I used to, we, I don't know, we were like having lunch or something, and I started. So he was there, and we started, we started bonding. You Let's just. Yeah. I was like. This dog is cool, man. This yeah. dog is really cool. I was like, I can't take another dog, but you know what? We should bring this dog. We're, this dog deserves a good home. This dog, there was something so special about this yeah, dog. Yeah. And then we ended up uh, crashing a wedding, which I still don't remember how that happened. I think we got a <laughs> drunk at lunch, but we yeah. crashed the wedding. And the, the bride recognized me and she was like, oh my God, can we take a photo? And I was like, sure, I'm eating from your buffet. Let's do it. I don't <laughs> yes. know. 
And so we were taking a photo and Orson literally this, I named him Orson. He, he came by and just lifted his leg right on her dress and pissed all over Amazing. Okay. We gotta get out of here. Yeah, I would say (laughs) so. She was a happy bride. She was drunk. She didn't see it. It was in a grotto. It was dark. I don't know how I ended up there. It was, it's a, it's a mystery. (laughs) I, I ended up with this dog who, then, you know, became part of my family. I did not give him away. Good and uh, when I was, I think I was shooting in Berlin for like six months, I brought four dogs out with me. I'm like a crazy person. You love dogs. That's fine. We love dogs. But this is not a small dog to travel. Like this right. is a, so yeah, yeah, yeah. He has to fly the plane. He's also bossy. He needs to yeah. fly it. And my boyfriend and I at the time stayed at this like tiny little, we went to this like little boutique hotel. We were going to go have like a little romantic long weekend or something. Mm-hmm. Because all the dogs came and, and, uh, we were there for like two days. It was like really small, like a little elevator, like three floors takes you down. And then it's like this beautiful room, like where you breakfast and we had a great stay. Like day two, we're like, God, it's so beautiful here. Everything's so great. Day three, we're about to leave. And this, there's a note under the door and I'm reading this note and I'm like, am I high? Am I reading this correctly? Or does this person not know how to speak English? It's, I still have the letter. It's the craziest letter ever. This, the owner of the hotel was basically telling us that when we were just hanging out in the apartment, mm-hmm. the dog would take the, cause there was only an elevator. There was no stairs. <laughs> the dog figured out how to take the elevator no. down no. and yes. he would help himself in the breakfast room. And he yes. just go from one table to the next, eating their bacon off yes. their plate. And then he would take the elevator back up and he'd come into our room and we did not notice. We had no, we had no idea this dog was doing this for two days. Of course not. And then apparently the thing that pushed it over, the, he pissed on the curtain. Curtains, oh, like, come and I was on, like, bud. Then it was Orson. like, a, but I, Orson was, I have this letter still today. I'm like, how did this fucking dog do it? Like he's ginormous. I imagine him getting in the elevator with like a family and they're like, who does this fucking <laughs> dog belongs? That is so. wonderful though. That's like, so I, both of those stories though, like anybody having breakfast at that hotel suddenly has a great story to tell forever. Such anybody at that story. wedding besides taking photos with you, a bride going, yeah, a random dog peed on my wedding dress while I was trying to take a photo. That's a great story for them. Yeah. They're he blessed. Was a special dog. He was very special. He was a bit of a lassie. He never really belonged to me. We had a house in Malibu and he would just house hop from beach to beach. <laughs> oh, that's great. And people would just text me and be like, Orson's here. And I'd be like, cool. Like, you know, can't, I can't force him to stay here. <laughs> Go visit everybody. It was the cutest thing ever. Orson's his own man. Yeah, exactly. When I first moved to LA, I think I was a little too like uh I was a little too pissed at people when they would have their dogs off leashes in the parks, like in Griffith Park or Legion Park or whatever. And then two or three years ago I was in a Legion and I was just walking and I saw a dog off the leash and it was like a Saturday, so it was packed. And I just saw this like very happy, pretty large dog run over to a picnic where it was just a bunch of women, like a a birthday or some kind of like bachelorette hang type of hang. And the dog just ate all the charcuterie as fast as possible. (laughs) His tail was going crazy. The women were screaming. The owner is running. The owner runs out of the woods like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. The dog was just having the greatest time blowing up this picnic. And then I was like, you know what? I think I'm on board. I think let him run. It was like that dog's moment of paradise. It made me uh, so so happy. My my dog uh my dog barks currently so much 
that I want to kill myself. Okay, uh, it's start. like that how much he barks. And so we had like hired this, like we were told really great things like hire this woman, she can come, she can get your dog to stop barking. Oh my God, I need her. I need her. Well, you hold need on. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, hold on, hold on a second. <laughs> and, uh, and so we, we, she's like $250 or something we, for like 30 minutes. She comes over and, uh, and she's like, okay. She asks a bunch of questions of like, why does a dog bark? When does a dog bark? All this stuff. And I'm like, oh, this is great. Like maybe she's going to get in the psychology of the dog and really nice. She's like, okay, well, here's how you stop your dog from barking. When the dog barks, you throw a book at it. <laughs> Are you serious? No. Like, she's like, you don't have to hit the dog. Just throw no. it near the dog and it will stop barking. And I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh and then God. she like threw a book at the near the dog and I was like, okay, we're done. We're done. You can leave. That's okay. We don't need to do this anymore. Like, that'll be $250. Yeah. So the, 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 I think about that is like, Follow your bliss, man, because That's this right. woman just loved throwing books at dogs, and she found a way to make me pay her $250 for it. <laughs> oh, boy. I wish and it was her dog. The howling thing where one starts howling, and then they all howl as a pack. And you can't because they're so loud. You They don't even hear you, and you're like, shut up. <laughs> it's always like the big dog starts it, and then it ends with the little ones, and they're just like so into it. Like the big dogs are even like, we're done, dude. It's done. The moment's over. Over. <laughs> but the little one has to prove. It has to yeah. prove like he's just as big as the big dog. Oh, and I'm always like, I'm going to get a note from my neighbors. I just know I am. I haven't yet. So that's, I'm pretty, I'm, they're pretty cool about it. <laughs> LA, dog friendly town. All right. Should we wrap it up tight, Curtie B? Yeah. One more quick one. Yeah, yeah, just send us home with this one. Send us home. Charlize, are you a true crime fan? We know you like surgery. Do you like Dateline? Do you listen I to my love, favorite murder? I fall asleep like to Dateline, literally. Oh, cool. Love a dateline. Well, then you might have read about this one. This was sent in by Amber Soleil. Thank you so, so much, Amber. It was in the Daily Mail.uk, written by the best in the business, Natasha. Well, that's the real Anderson. news. Just, you know. <laughs> the Daily Mail's the real news. Real yes. news. Where I get real my news. news. <laughs> facts. Obsessed with facts. Hard facts. You always have to make sure it's real when it's there. Yep. <laughs> that's yeah, you gotta Google this headline every single time. Canadian woman discovers naked man has been living in the trunk of her car for three days. I've seen this video. It's crazy. It is so crazy. Let me just give you the overview just so we can paint the picture. A bizarre video shows the moment a Canadian woman discovered a naked a naked man had been hiding in the trunk of her car for three days. What kind of car? What kind of car? I a mean, Subaru yeah. sedan. So so a sedan. So not too big. Uh, yeah. No. Um, she had no clue. She had been she had gone to work those three days and con- conducted errands. He never uttered a single word before she found him. She realized uh, the way she discovered it is her windows in her car started fogging up, and then she heard the man say, "Hey." And she grabbed her phone. I mean, give me a break. Her first move is to grab her phone, too. So yeah. it's all on camera, on which is the craziest. Yeah, yeah. she put it on TikTok. Coker says she first saw uh, or had a hint of the man's presence six days uh, ago when she found the driver's seat of her vehicle was covered in mud. She assumed somebody had slept in her car overnight. She thought someone was playing a prank on her. And then when she realized what was happening, she says to the guy, what have you been doing in my trunk for three days? He, and why are you naked? He says, quote, yeah, it's a rite of passage. Which is <laughs> <Just> interesting. <laughs> And then she said, well, how did you get in my vehicle? And he goes, hey, I'm the son of the Pope. 
So this guy was just on a whole different ball game at this point. But uh, I yeah, that he had answers that fast. Yeah, he was right there, and she's like, she's like, kind of laughed. She's like, how? Uh, why are you naked in my trunk? <laughs> oh my god! So it, it, does it have the feel of somebody who's done this before? Like it's not his first first car that he's lived in i think it's a guy that lives outdoors yes i think this is a man that had been wandering around yeah that would would literally freak me out like i I, can you imagine hearing a voice like that when you think you're alone in your car yeah exactly dude the dog that i was just talking about orson yeah jumped into my dry cleaner's truck he came to drop off dry cleaning and he jumped into his car without Fantastic. The dry cleaner was like driving on Mulholland and all of a sudden a cold nose just yes! pushed him and oh he God. almost crashed his van and then drove back and he was like, where's the my dog? <laughs> this dog was fucking crazy. But I mean, can you imagine it's a naked man? <laughs> no. no, it's like your version is the is the heartwarming version yeah. of this story. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So in the video, he is in the trunk. Yeah. Isn't that covered? So how does she? So you know how like the Subarus yeah. have like the little sometimes for like skis to go through from the bat from oh, the yes. trunk. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So you can, she can see through that little area to where he is. So you can see that he doesn't have clothes on. And the fact that she's recording. Yes. Like, yeah. How... Some people are amazing. They are really yes. amazing. She was chill. She got it on TikTok. And then in the most Canadian ending to the story, when the police arrived to arrest this man, he says, hey, do you mind if I put my pants on? And you can hear <laughs> you can hear a cop off camera go, yeah, we'd appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> Just so friendly. <laughs> oh, man. Charlize. Thank you so much for being on Bananas. Oh, this is this was a joy. Seriously, these stories are incredible. This wow. is so funny. Thank you for having me, guys. Oh, oh, well, we ours. really Thanks appreciate so it. I wish I could give you a big hug. I'm hugging my computer. Have a great, great day. And the rest of your weekend. And uh, on the count of three, if you don't mind saying bananas, we'll sign off with a bananas, okay? So three, two, one. Bananas. Bananas. Bananas is an Exactly Right Media production. Our producer and engineer is Katie Levine. The Catchy Bananas theme song was composed and performed by Kahan. Artwork for Bananas was designed by Travis Millard. And our benevolent overlords are the great Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark. And Lisa Maggot is our full human, not a robot intern. You can listen, subscribe, and leave us reviews for Bananas on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your quality podcasts. And don't forget, you can hear every episode one week early and ad-free, plus bonus episodes, by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Bananas! Bananimals, follow Bananas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you love what you hear, feel free to rate and review our little show. And of course, please visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Bananas merch.